This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This is a podcast hosted by Wakato Environment Centre or Go Eco. Listen in each week to hear the aspirations and mahi of the Go Eco Wakato team. We are a voice for the environment, a centre for learning, and a catalyst for change. If you're looking to change the world through climate action, decolonisation, or systemic change, this is the podcast for you. Last week, Karen Denyer, an ecologist and wetland enthusiast from the National Wetland Trust, joined us to talk about the importance of wetlands and what we need to do to protect them. Karen is also one of our speakers in the upcoming Ecological Restoration Wetland Talks that we're hosting with Earth Diverse. You can find out more about that course on earthdiverse.org.nz and search for Ecological Restoration. You can listen to our most recent episodes by searching for Hepuna Kōrero on your favourite podcast platform, or you can find a link in the podcast tab at the top of the Go Eco Wakato Facebook page. This week we'll be joined by Joe Wrigley, our manager, to talk about Titiriti or Watangi and how we honour that at Go Eco and the broader work of decolonising environmental spaces here in the Wakato. Before I welcome Joe, I'll read from the Go Eco position statement of Titiriti to set the scene for today's kōrero. We acknowledge Te Tiriti o Watangi as the primary text to be read alongside He Whakaputanga o Te Rangatiratanga o New Tirini. We acknowledge and maintain that hapū in Aotearoa never ceded tino rangatiratanga. Goeko recognises the role of mana whenua and supports Māori to realise kaitiakatanga in their rohi. We are actively seeking a long-term and authentic relationship with the mana whenua of Kirikiriroa and the Wakato region. We endeavour to create a workplace that acknowledges, supports and continues to learn regarding tikanga and kawa within the Wakato. We take guidance from the Wakato Tainui Environmental Plan, Taitumu, Taipare, Taiao. We are committed to the kaupapa of decolonisation, both as a tangatitiriti organisation and for the wider environmental movement. We seek to develop understandings of the history of the Wakato, he whakaputanga and titiriti o Watangi. Kia ora Joe, uh, nā mihi nui kia koe. Thank you for joining me on Hepuna Kōrero today to discuss titiriti and how it relates to our work at Goeko. Ah, kia ora. I like how we always cover the the, you know the simple topics. Yeah, we do. We don't. We don't shy away from. We don't shy away from anything. That's for sure. Um, let's start with uh, if you could tell us a little bit about you. So, ko wa kwe no hia kwe. Oh well, uh, my ancestors come from England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Cornwall, um, uh, Iberia, France, Spain, um, and ended up. Uh, on the other side of the world in Aotearoa uh, through my mother's side uh, 
in the uh, sort of mid 1800s and my father's side in the uh, late 1950s. Um, I was born uh, at the base of Te Uta in a valley called Ofakatoro, which is uh, sort of west of uh, Ruatoki as you're travelling from Taniatua. Uh, the mountain there is uh, Maunga Pōhatu, uh, the, uh, the Kaitiaki o te rohi, uh, the hapu uh, o te, uh, the valley, um, Anati Rungo, uh, the whare nui is Ta Apirana. Uh, when I was uh, um, entering my teens, my family moved to the far north. Um, and I briefly lived in a place called Awanui um, and uh, finished my schooling at Kaitaia College before leaving for overseas. Um, yeah, I have done many things in my lifetime and um, and worked in many places and spaces, uh, but Aotearoa is home uh, to me and my children um, and my wife and uh, my extensive family now. So um, about three and a half years ago, I ended up at Go Eco. Ended up. Lucky, (laughs) lucky us, lucky you. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, and we often do start uh, meetings at Go Eco uh, with the sharing of our whakapapa in that way. So why do you feel as if that's really important to do? I think that understanding the commonality have, we have with others or the, the connection we have with others is a really unique thing about living in this country. Whether you're Māori or Pākehā, there's a relevance to it and there's a history to it and there's a cultural implication of it because we see connection with other people and when we find connection with other people, we're able to work together because we have this one point of common interest. And it might be that we both have cousins who live in a town at the bottom of the South Island, but it's still something that we have in common. And when we can find a simple thing in common, we start to explore what else um, we share and where our values match up. Mm. And I think it's a really important um, and human way of... Uh, developing relationships um, within organisations but also within communities. And I I really love that. I love the fact that you're starting from a place of our similarities, our commonalities and and where we have shared values because how can you go wrong uh, after that? Uh, We've already started with um, the things that we share. Um, One of the uh, many years ago now when I was uh, um, in my past life as a union organiser it was always interesting how awry things went where people didn't take the time to connect because once you've made the connection, the assumption loses its power. Look, we are taking on quite a big topic today in quite yeah. a short period of time. Um, <laughs> look, I want to start by really breaking down the position statement that we started with so our audience understands where we come from and why we do what we do at GoEco. Um, and also because I know it may be food for thought for other tangata tiriti to step up um, where they can in the, in the places where they hold power in decision making. So what do you understand Te Whakaputanga to be and how did it help to shape your understanding of Te Tiriti? I think for me Te Whakaputanga 
was kind of one of those, you know, penny dropping moments when I when I understood that it was more than a flag, that it was actually an international declaration. And um and this amazing example of social organization and international trade relationships that existed prior to the signing of Titiriti or Waitangi um, and the resulting colonization of Aotearoa. I mean, I think my favorite bit, I mean, there's like favorite stories about it, but but the wording in there, you know, waka meaning or na hapu or nu tirini, or the confederation of hapu, um, and that they never ceded sovereignty. So it's a document that, it, it, is, it is a line that connects he whakaputanga to te tiriti or waitangi and that it, it formalises the societal organisation for settlers and international governments. It's like this is a statement of this is how we govern ourselves and this is our confederation and this is how you will deal with us. Mm. Um I think in short, you know, learning about it answered a whole lot of questions um, that I already had about um, the treaty and Tetiriti or Waitangi and, um, and, and, and sort of consolidated some, some feelings and made it make sense about, you know, why, why internationally Tetiriti or Waitangi is the document that we should be referring to. Um, yeah, and, and, and I find it really frustrating and sad that our government persists with the Treaty of Waitangi because internationally to Tititi or Waitangi and with Tangata Whenua, you know, the, the, the people that the, the Crown has the relationship with, Tititi or Waitangi is the document that we should be working to and acknowledging in our laws here. Can you um, articulate yeah. the difference between the treaty and Tetiriti? We, we say these things intentionally, uh, so I wonder if you could explain the difference. So Tetiriti or Waitangi is the Māori version, well, is, is, is the treaty. It's, it, yeah, it is the only treaty. It's a treaty that um, has the power in international law, whereas the treaty of Waitangi is we may or may not have been taught or as is referred to um, um, in, in many of our laws does not relate to the actual wording of te tiriti or waitangi or the Māori um, version that was transcribed. So it's not the translated version, it's the, how, how else can I say it? By international law, it defaults to being the correct one and there's significant differences in the wording between the two. And, and, and we, in our training, use those resources to identify that. I think the thing that is the clincher and that makes the most sense is the question of why would um, a nation greet a couple of hundred people and say, of course we'll hand over our nation to you, mm. which is what the Treaty of Waitangi says happened. Whereas if you look at Te Tiriti or Waitangi, it makes it clear that some people have been welcomed to to reside here and to make use of, of some of the resources, but not to claim ownership or governance of an entire land. Mm. And that is a significant difference. And it always comes back to that question for me. Like, if somebody came to my house and said, I want to sign an agreement to live here, and then announced that they owned my house. Um, 
Yeah, well, I'd probably like, push them out quite quickly. I think we have a misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah we, we do have a misunderstanding. <laughs> um, look, um, yeah. Talk to us about how Go Eco and other Tangatiriti organisations can support hapū aspirations and why the role of hapū, rather than, um, I guess, saying Māori or iwi, is important. Hapū, so hapū gives us a, a, an understanding, an understanding of of societal, the societal order of things that that worked when New Zealand was settled, you know, um, Aotearoa was settled. Um, And so understanding what whānau, hapū, iwi means is a really important part of understanding how decision-making and self-governance and tēnō rangatira tanga happens within um, te ao Māori. One of the things I've listened to recently is actually a a podcast interview um, with Mike's Myth on a podcast called He Kōrero. Um and he offered that it's that Tititi or Waitangi is not a silver bullet, that the fixes and solutions and the understanding are through the like a, a door that we call Tititi. And when we're admiring the door and trying to understand it, we don't actually go through the door. And that really resonated with me. The challenge is to step through the treaty door to rediscover and recover what's on the other side, and that works for both Māori and Pākehā or Tauiwi. Um, we've been talking freely about our work as an authentic tangata charity organisation for the past 12 months, but we're still just like at a starting place on this journey. The organisational work of bringing staff into a space to own tangata charity as an identity, the safety and support for Māori and Pacifica staff while Pākehā and Tauiwi work through this are imperatives that we like we have to prioritise. Mm. We consider I think the strongest thing we do at this part of it is that we consider the learning to be part of our employment. It's part of our work. It's part of the work we do with our networks and it's part of the work that we do with relationships. And those relationships that extend us as tangata tiriti organisations, it's kind of, we can't treat it as an optional extra. And I think, I think what I see around me is people going, yes, we've got a, uh, we've got a statement about tiriti. We're going to send our staff to some training and then we can tick the box. This is not a box ticking exercise. It has to be based in relationships and it has to be based in some really deep learning to understand power and systems. Mm. I really like I think that's been our biggest learning. Yeah. I really like that you've explained that as being an ongoing learning uh, for everyone in the organisation and as an organisation as a whole. Um, This, uh, because otherwise it does become a tick box exercise. You will always yeah. continue to learn. You will never be an expert um, because uh, what you bring and what the people around you bring into any, uh, and we'll talk workplace, uh, is different. So how can you ever be uh, finished? Um, well, so yeah, it's nice to think in, of it as a, yeah, ongoing. Yeah, I think in the context that um, that it's probably taken like nigh on 180 years for Pākehā to go, 
we should maybe learn more about this. Um, that that you know, for 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 that long, we've also through the you know the art of colonisation, um, been suppressing Maori history and knowledge as well. Mm-hmm. So so we're a country of two peoples, um, Tangata Tiriti, uh, Tangata Whenua, who have deep learning recovery and rediscovery to do before we understand what what our ancestors signed up to. Mm. Um, And for us as Pākehā, our ancestry and history as settlers and colonisers goes back centuries. And and in order to understand our culture, we've also got to understand the politics and power of how our ancestors came to be here as well. Mm. And many of us don't know that. We don't actually know our own ancestry. Somehow, miraculously, it, it sort of stopped vaguely when our great-great-great-grandmother arose here and and we don't we claim often not to know where we came from in any detailed way Um, and and that's a trauma yeah and I think that um, when we shed our connections at the start it's a way because we we need to learn who we are and where we come from so we can come to this knowing those things um, and uh, being able to be vulnerable and admit that we are also, uh, we are tangata today, we settled here. We also could be tangata whenua and understanding all of that as well. Um, I know that's yeah. where I'm trying to figure out how that works. Um, so, uh, yeah, different for everybody. Now, um, when we talk about decolonisation, what is it, <laughs> and how do we do that in the environment um, sector? I think um, I think it's understanding, and 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 I'd probably like to talk about it from the perspective of being a uh, a char- and, and like you know we're we're an environmental charity, um, so so we have work to do on um, and what it is to. Um, to understand kaitiakitanga, what it is to understand um, the environment. And I think one of the simplest ways um, um, for now to understand that is to say that there are two different structures of importance. Uh, there's a te ao Māori structure, which I understand is environment, what we would call environmental titaio, as being the number one important thing because everything is connected to that. And then it's society societal organisation and then it's, you know, trade and benefits. Um, whereas you flip that over the other way um, for Pākehā or Western societal organisation. So decolonisation is understanding why we think something is the right way to do something um, in the first instance. And for us, I think, uh, for Pākehā decolonisation is the act of um, questioning power and structures that create um, a racial injustice, that create um, or that support um, systemic racism and systemic disadvantage um, and systemic issues with equity and fairness and um, and questioning those things, understanding and setting about changing those things. So we are talking about systemic changes because our entire 
um, system structure um, as a society in Aotearoa has been colonised and it has been set up from an English model and imported from um, by the Crown. Mm. And through a success, you know, they've implemented English law um, without acknowledging that tikanga is, is indigenous law. Mm. Um, so understanding those things and then deconstructing them is the work of decolonisation. And the people that implemented that were Pākehā and Tauiwi. So we have a special responsibility to make sure we're always questioning why we do things this way and who's not in the room and why is that and is there a way to do this better. So decolonisation is not personal. It's uh, about uh, exp- exploring and challenging the systems um, and not um, a criticism of a person or fun, uh, family. Um, no, Because you know, often at all. people get, feel so affronted by uh, yeah. the word decolonisation, but when you take it back to being about challenging a system and not the people, um, we may hopefully get a bit further um, than we have. One of the things that strikes me and I've been thinking about recently is in relation to to charity and the charitable sector and, and, and how it looks to decolonise that. And really, we need to understand that charity is like an inherently hierarchical system. It's vertical and it's where um, we, we resource from the top to the bottom. We decide that this is the problem and this is how we're going to fix it. And then it goes through sort of like a chain of command and food system to eventually have part of that filter out at the bottom to the community that is the most affected by whatever that problem Mm. is. Mm. Um, And we create uh, sustainable, uh, charitable businesses to do that, that predominantly employ um, white people. and, and, and that's the way it's been. It's a model that, you know, near to my heart, brought to here by my middle-class great-grandmothers um, who wanted to do good while they were waiting for marriage. Um, and then we've perpetuated that system to, to sort of provide that um, ground floor infrastructure and support for um, communities and people that aren't surviving in the colonised systems that have been put in place and structures. So when we think about how we work in the environmental sector with um, with hapu, who are the the kaitiaki of our of te taio, who never who are acknowledged in te tiriti or waitangi as that, and who never ceded sovereignty, then rather than charity, I guess the question is how we show solidarity mm. and how we stand with them. And and acknowledge that this is it's their voice that needs to be heard right now, and that to decolonise that we need to stand in solidarity with their wisdom and the things that they need to happen now in order to to make that happen and to reclaim that space. Mm. Mm. Does that make sense? It does, and and I guess it's a really good reminder of something that we should point out is when we're talking about this as a tangata tiriti, uh, we're not trying to teach hapu. Um, we are here to try to, I guess, um, prompt conversations and 
perhaps at times challenge other toiwi to to get up and do some work. It's not us trying to teach uh, Māori about the way that it is um, or for their reality, I guess. Um, no, there's more than enough work mm. for us talking to other Pākehā yeah. and Tauhiwi. Yeah, we are not here to, not here to teach um, Māori. It's uh, the Tauhiwi and Pākehā who um, now need to, and actually all uh, treaty partners who um, mm. need to do a bit of work. Now, um, just to wrap up, um, what are ways that you continue to learn and reflect um, uh, and how can others, I guess, hold themselves and others to account in the two minutes I've got left? <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to hold myself to account. I always try to question my practice and, and open, you know, and I'm fortunate to, to have colleagues and peers who are also able to say, you know, but what about? Um, it's really easy as Pākehā. Like, it's going to take a long term, time to unlearn the white supremacist systems that we've grown up with because that's what they are and like you know the power of colonization is that there are things that we've just always taken for granted but when we start questioning them questioning them all of those uh, there's more questions than answers and and it opens up space to find other other solutions I think Mm. I think the most important thing is I love reading I've recently discovered audio books and podcasts and um, and conversations and and being diverse in those conversations but I don't waste time with people that want to be a devil's advocate or argue the reality of racism I don't have time or space for that because that in itself is is a very white power thing to do is to minimize the pain of others and argue about whether it's real or not I don't want to get into that but there are so many resources out there available to us to simply read and, and absorb. I um, I highly recommend um, Itangata um, as a an online magazine, a Sunday magazine that always has three or four articles that are from a range of perspectives across the Pacific nations um, that are really informative, human, and... Um, just valuable. They're, they're, they're human stories that connect with us. So, so perhaps something that I can do um, is just share some links on social media uh, for places people can go to continue to learn, uh, read, listen, but also a prompt to have those conversations. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about tetidity and our work uh, at, and how that relates to our work at Go Eco. Oh, kia ora. I hope I made sense. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <Not a joke. laughs> thank you. A show hosted by Go Eco Wakatau. We are a not-for-profit environment hub with biodiversity, kai, transport and enterprise projects. You can find out more about our work on goeco.org.nz or on social media. Join us again next week. Kia pai tōra e hoa
more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.